Courageous, Successful, and Happy isn't a goal. It's not a place to get to. It's a place to come from. I'm Tracy Oswald, and I am the High Achievers Coach, and each week we are going to get real and go deep on what's holding you back, how to face it head on so you can finally live your vision with clarity and confidence. Hey guys, how are you? I am so good. Um, uh, I'm actually getting over being pretty sick. I had a really bad case of a cough and upper respiratory infection, all that jazz, and it's going around right now, isn't it? It's the end of September as I record this, and um, just uh, a lot of people sick where I am. So there's that. And um, funny story. getting ready, um, we're making plans to go on a trip for Thanksgiving, which is kind of weird, right? But we were, uh, my husband and I were at our friend's house, uh, Monica and Alvin, if you guys are listening, hello. And we were there with uh, two other friends, Shamira and David, and we had like a day at the pool. They have a really great pool at their community center. Um, So we went to the pool and we came back and had a barbecue and many bottles of wine. And what was funny is we started talking about, you know how, you know, you're drinking wine and everything seems like a really good idea at the time. And so we were talking about, you know, the holidays and who was doing what for the holidays and none of us had any concrete plans for Thanksgiving. And so I don't know who was the first that said it, but someone said, hey, why don't we, why don't we go to Napa for Thanksgiving? Right. And it seemed like such a really good idea at the time. Uh, and, it, and it still does, but you know how these things go. So um, before we knew it, you know, the next day there were texts flying back and forth and picking out where we're going to stay and that now we're kind of deciding on all the wineries. And it got me to thinking about the holidays and all the different choices that we make, um, where we want to spend them, right? What kind of traditions are important to us or not important to us, right? Where do we want to break traditions and try something new? Because Everything is a choice. It's within our power to, you know, keep doing what we're doing because it makes us happy or to try something new and it might make other people not happy, but you really happy. And that's what kind of was the nexus of what I want to talk about today um, around agency and choice. And, you know, when I say agency, um, I, I define it and the dictionary defines it loosely as you, you know, your ability to act independently, to make your own choices, or to make decisions, choices of your own free will. And this is really at the heart of all that I speak on and coach on and teach on is agency. And you might be thinking in your head, well, duh, Tracy, yeah, I, I mean, I have complete agency in my life, right? Because, I mean, you pretty much do what you want to do, right? You make decisions and you do what seems like the right thing for you to do at any given time. What I want, I'd like to open up our minds today to think about the bigger force at play when it comes to your agency or your ability or choice to make the choices that you currently make in your life. And what's at play is really your beliefs, your beliefs about yourself, your beliefs about the world, and your beliefs about what's possible, really guide your agency or, or, or the foundation for your agency. And look, we can get into technicalities and say, right, there are a lot of influencing factors, things like your social class or demographic that you identify with, 
maybe your religion, your ethnicity, your the customs that you and you know you and your family um, have, uh, things like that. But it still boils down to what we believe to be true because of, let's say, a specific social class or demographic or religion you associate yourself with. So now you could say, you could also say that you're practicing agency by believing things that limit your choices. And you would also be right about that. But what I'm talking about here and what I would like us to dive into today is those unchecked beliefs, maybe the ones you've had forever, the beliefs and the rules that you apply to your life that maybe were handed down to you by your parents or society, the way you grew up, the rules that you're following because you've always followed them, right? Because maybe they've gotten you the success that you have now and you follow them so much so that you believe you actually believe that it's 100% true that you have to follow them because that's just air quotes how life is, right? How you live your life and it's all absolutely true to you. And how I, how I really came to understand agency at a macro level in my own life was through experiencing all different kinds of immersive theater. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. Um, an agency is is really critical in 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 agency and choice let me say is is and can be really critical in the different types of immersive theater that um, that people create and and that we experience and you've heard me talk um, a little bit so far about sleep no more which was the first kind of experience that I had um, in in the immersive world and this is this is really a truly a choose your own adventure so you have complete agency inside the space. You can go anywhere you want. You can explore Hecate's lair. You can spend as much time as you want in the taxidermist's office. And guys, it's pretty creepy in there, but also kind of cool. So you can stay in there the whole time if you want. Um, you can rifle through all kinds of paperwork in drawers and in boxes. You can, in the infirmary, there's tons of like specimens and thing, you know, patient records you can go through. You can chase Malcolm up five flights of stairs, and man, can that guy run um, so you'll be out of breath. You can find your way back into the speakeasy to take a break, to get a drink, to exchange in like, you know, playful banter with um, with the people in the bar. The point is, in this experience, in this choose-your-own-adventure that Sleep No More is, you are in charge. Only like you can't touch the actors unless they invite that and otherwise be like a creepy jerk. Just don't do that. I mean, you could. You have agency to do that, but please don't. So the point is that inside this experience, I learned and really understood at a macro level, choose your own adventure, the choose your own adventure that life really is. And for me, this is my favorite kind of immersive experience. This is, it's taught me so much about truly living and creating in the world where you are free to go anywhere, do anything, experience anything you want. There were very, very few um, barriers that hem you in. So my favorite thing to experience. Um, another type of immersive theater is called clockwork. And this is a structure that rotates audience members through sets of scenes or experiences. For example, like you go to this group goes to first scene A, then scene B, then scene C, then scene D. And maybe there's another group B that starts at scene C, then sees B, then A, then D. You get where I'm saying. So the entire audience engages in at least 
a portion of all the scenes in some kind of linear fashion that manages to create I don't know, alternate timelines and experiences for different audience members, depending on where they started. So, um, for example, this is um, this is the exact experience that I had when I went to see the show. Uh, then she fell, um, and then she fell is in Brooklyn. I'll put the uh, address and, and website in the show notes. And then she fell is uh, actually it's a really it's a very sad story, but beautifully told about. Lewis Carroll's relationship with the very young Alice Liddell or the girl who inspired the story Alice in Wonderland. I mean, and there's a lot, guys, out there about what kind of relationship this was. Um, A grown man using a 10-year-old girl as a muse. I mean, you can imagine what people are saying or what the truth might have been. There's a lot out there about the relationship we had he had with their family. And you you could go down the veritable rabbit hole reading about it. there's a ton out there. So, and it's super interesting um, uh, and could lend, you know, if you decide to go see the show and I hope you do, it could lend some um, great insight and depth into what you might experience. Um, but in the show, the, while the subject matter is dark and disturbing, there's also this fun and whimsy and excitement. And I and I feel like the, the team at Third Rail Productions does this incredible job of telling this story in a way that makes you feel all of the feelings, the, that depth and sadness, but also have a lot of fun too. So it's not only weird and creepy, but this the construct, why this is important is the construct of this show is so different from Sleep No More in a lot of ways. First, the sheer size, this is super intimate. Then she fell, has, I think the limit is 15 guests maximum inside the space where first Sleep No More is there's hundreds of people in the space with you. The second thing that's really um, important, and I was kind of not ready for it <laughs> because it was the second immersive experience, theater experience I had was, well, in Sleep No More, you know, I've already told you, you have to wear a mask the whole time. And then she felt there's no mask. And I was, there was nowhere to hide, right? There was no safe space. I had to be present in ways that I was not ready for. Um, and I felt myself while the mask in Sleep No More helped me to take down the barriers because of this sense of anonymity and human connection that it allowed me to start to practice, especially very early on. I felt myself putting up barriers because I didn't have that mask, right? Like I was doing in the real world at that time because I felt so, so, so exposed. And sometimes, because it's only 15 people at a time. Sometimes you're in a scene with maybe two or three other guests, but a lot of the time you're completely alone with the actor, which is very different than in Sleep No More for sure. So clockwork, you're ushered through the show on a predetermined track and you're experiencing the narrative in the exact way they want you to, in the way that's going to accommodate for like each group seeing enough of the scenes in an order that's going to create a story, their story about what might or might not have transpired between little Alice um, Liddell and Lewis Carroll. So for our purposes today, in this show, my agency was restrained by a construct, right? Or logistics or operational flow, a set of rules, if you will. And we can liken this logistical construct of the show or set of rules that we had to follow in the show to a set of rules maybe in 
a religion or a social class, right? What we started talking about at the beginning, a group that you associate yourself with has a set of rules or a construct. And I want you to open up your minds a little, a little bit more to, to accept that everyone always acts in accordance with an inter- internal narrative. And this narrative affects and guides and determines our degree, the degree of agency we practice in the world and is also governed by our beliefs um, about the world. So wh- one of my favorite quotes that encapsulates this for me um, is, people like us do things like this, which is one of my favorite, favorite Seth Godin quotes. And you know, you guys either know or will come to know how much I love him. And um, he, he has this great... Um, PDF and I'll again I'll link it in the show notes and and he talks about it on a couple of different podcasts but he says there are three steps to making a choice to practicing our agency number one when you're faced with something your brain logically thinks what does this remind me of right when a new idea or an, a new way of thinking or a new person comes along the first things we want to ask ourselves is how do I sort this in my mental buckets, right? What is this like or what is this not like? And it gives us a chance, and we do this sorting almost instantaneously within milliseconds, but we want, we, we want to sort it and put it in a bucket so we know how to start to think about it. The second thing that he says um, in, his, um, in his theory, people like us do things like this, is when we're faced with a choice or something new, is does this ring a bell to us? Because now that we have a category for this stimulus or this person or this experience, we our brain starts to go through a few cycles of figuring out what to do next about it, right? It, so we ask questions like, is this something I'm afraid of? Is this something I've been hoping for? Um, which instantly, things like that. Is this something that is common to me? Is this something that I want to do, right? We start to, we take we take it down that to that next level, right? And if you refer back to, my, you know, the inaugural episode where I talk about when I stepped off the elevator and sleep no more, that, that fear that I had of practicing agency because I was so afraid, right? So that, that's one of the first things we ask ourselves. I, am I afraid of this? Do I have to have a, a, a biochemical response to this thing? Um, and these two questions lead directly to the key question. And what Seth says is the the foundational question, the one that actually provides the foundation for the first two questions, which is, do people like me do something like this? And not in the sense, and he says, not in the sense like a Gallup poll would indicate that this group of people in this certain demographic would be prone to do this, you know, all to this degree of st- statistical significance, not in the logical sense, but the feeling sense. Do, do, the, do the groups that I associate with myself do, does my tribe, does my group of people that I think I am like, would they do this? People like us follow these sets of rules and believe things. these things are true, right? So some examples of at a, at a, a high level, some super general social construct rules, if you will, are things like, and these are very general, um, you have to get a college degree in order to be successful. Right, that's a kind of a rule that we hear, or or an idea that we hear. Um, it's a good idea to get a job and buy a house, right? Or you should always put your children first, no matter what. And then something like um, 
you should start saving for retirement when you're young, when you get your first job. And these are all super general social construct rules. You might or might not believe them, but we could agree that we've heard these, right? These are not new. And they also the rules also seem kind of innocuous, right? And maybe they're even helpful. People like us do things like this. Now let's get even more that more dialed in and more personal. So some of the rules that I used to believe were a 100% true for my world was um, I used to believe like uh, conflict was a bad thing. I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to create any situation where people might disagree with me um, or I might disagree with them, especially, you know, in person and, you know, where it could get heated. I, I just didn't, I thought conflict was a really bad thing. That was true for me. I also believe, and you guys have heard me talk about this, that work and life were totally separate. Work life and home life, totally separate. This is, was, was a big one for me. Um, I used to believe that I was worth more when I was thinner. So I've been, you know, I've been heavier, I've been thinner, all different times in my life, but it always came back to my belief at you know the time I don't believe this anymore, um, that I was worth more when I was a smaller size. Yeah. Um, maybe some of you can relate to that. Um, I used to believe at work that I just had to figure out what the rules were, understand how to get things done and do them that way and only that way. So figure out how people get things done and do, do things that way. Don't do things my way, do things their way. I used to also believe um, what was 100% true for my world that just just be quiet. Just don't say a whole lot because people don't really care what you have to say. That's the story that I told myself. That's that's the group that I associated with. The people that believed that were my people. Just don't rock the boat. Just pipe down. You know, just kind of go with the flow. I just also believe like I wasn't. I was boring. That I wasn't interesting. And this really hampered me when it came to friendships, creating really meaningful friendships. And also business networking, because I just, I didn't want to go to things. I didn't want to go to social, right? So my agency, the way I made decisions, yes, I was making decisions, but because I believed all of these things were true and, and these beliefs went completely unchecked, I didn't look inside and really examine them. I acted within the construct or the confinement of these beliefs or rules. So while yes, my Practicing agency around making decisions within this construct was factual. My agency itself was limited because I believed these rules, because I was the person for whom these rules were true. But again, at the time, I wasn't aware that I was choosing to believe these things. My brain told me that these thoughts were true in the world. This is how the world was. And so I believed that these are the only decisions I could make. I didn't know I didn't know there was a whole another layer where I could question these beliefs let alone that a I could question them and like my reasons for believing them and still believe them and still act on them or b question them and throw them out and choose to believe something else if I didn't like them or if I wanted to to have a different experience in life Can you guys feel the distinction here Our broader agency our more powerful agency comes into play when we start deciding to believe what will serve us instead of going going about our lives carrying the same beliefs we've always had when they don't serve us or 
deciding that we're going to not even look at them, right? That's another form of agency, deciding, okay, I know I believe these things. I don't even want to look at them. So there are degrees, and I know this is super meta, and I know um, it's, it's like a big pill to swallow in one podcast episode, but agency, there's so many ways we can look at it. And all I'm offering here is a way for you to start thinking about how you can broaden the scope of your agency by looking at the way you view people like us do things like this and the rules that the rules that you allow to rule your life. Um, there was a really cool, um, I can't remember, I think it was the National Science Foundation back several year, years ago, did a study about the way we think and the thoughts we have. And there are stats that um, from that study tell us that not every single day, 95% of the thoughts that we have are the same as the day before which is so mind-boggling to me because of all of the information we consume. And it's funny, I'm doing a project um, for Local IQ around um, beliefs and thoughts and and how to change minds right in marketing. Um, so it's like this study is serving two masters right now. So that's why I love this information. But when you think about all of the information that we have at our fingertips, and we're kind of addicted to always knowing what's new, what's more, what's next. Despite all of that information that we have, that we that we can't, you know, when we we're at dinner and we're like, oh, what, that movie, who is the who is the actor or whatever, and everyone goes to their phones and googles it, you know, um, because it's, information is at our fingertips, and we 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 are in a limitless information, um, kind of society and whole and whatever, however you want to think about it. Yet, 95% of our thoughts are still the th- same thoughts as the day as the day before, which is, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, right? So we're kind of in this default loop, this mode where we're still choosing to believe all a lot of the things that we did before. So change over time, unless we really examine thoughts, doesn't happen or comes super slowly. And also, I, I want to also acknowledge that it can be really scary to start to question beliefs you've had for what seems like forever, right? Beliefs that tie you to that tie you to that social and demographic um, group that you heavily associate with, that tie you to your family, that tie you to groups that friendships and and you know work friends, and it can be really scary to start to question those beliefs. I'm also not saying that by any means that all of the beliefs you have or the rules that you live your life by are wrong. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm just offering that unless you truly look at what you believe, why you believe it, and decide, is this something that that I still want to believe that serves where I want to go? that you're not truly practicing the scope and scale of how your agency, your self-agency can serve you. So your brain work this week is I want you to examine your construct or the set of rules that you live your life by, but really bring them into the light. And like I said, I get it. It's scary, guys. Um, But but this work, this brain work, this mind work that we're doing is the thing that's going to help you as a high achiever get from where you are to where you want to go. Because we know, we've already talked about this, is the 
The physical work is not going to get you there. And it's all brain work and mind work from here on out. So by bringing them in, by bringing these beliefs or the construct of your life, um, the rules that you live your life, by, by bringing them into the light where you can see them, understand them, and know if they still suit you, if they're still helping you to get to where you want to go, then you can start to say, okay, at where do I want to push? Where do I, do I want to broaden my agency and give myself even more room to expand and grow? So that is your brain work for this week. And I, I challenge my, I challenge myself. I'm going to, I want to do something that's super uncomfortable for me right now on air. Um, someone challenged me because I've already gotten a couple of ratings and review got, reviews, guys. And like this stuff feeds my soul. So uh, just keep it coming. Um, I'd love to know what, you know, if this work is helping you, how I can make it better. So I want to read, um, I read one of these reviews and th- I'm super uncomfortable just by the way. It's a five-star review, um, and I'm not saying, this is not a humble brag. This feels really weird for me to read. It says, absolutely fantastic. On September 16th, 2019, Sears TD0, that's the username. Tracy is a treasure. I'm looking forward to hearing more of her stories. She has such an amazing mindset, and I can learn so much from her. Listen, I, I learn from you guys and from all the people that I coach and from the people that I work with um, every day. So this is a, a mirror back to all of you, what I am learning from you. So I thank you so much for that review. Um, again, keep them coming. It helps me get better and it helps me serve you better. Hope you guys have an amazing week. Do your brain work. Examine your construct, your set of rules that you live your life by because it's only in the knowing that we can make decisions about how we can expand and and really broaden our agency to create incredible things in our life. Guys, you are amazing. I will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Courageous, Successful, and Happy. It's not a place to get to. It is a place to come from. Listen, if you love what you're hearing, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is so appreciated. And I will talk to you guys next week.